What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Therapy Sessions. Tonight is a special episode. Reason being, uh, about roughly one year ago today, uh, me and a group of other cool cats and kittens, uh, we were in a hospital together called Silver Oaks. It is a behavioral hospital in, I think, New Lenox. It's right off of uh, 355 and Route 6 next to Silver Cross Hospital. But yeah, about a year ago today, uh, a lot of us... uh, we're in and out and uh we just wanted to kind of do a reunion uh podcast episode just to check in on everybody and see how everybody's doing Uh, i got three people that i met there uh three guys that i've kept in contact with so i'm really glad that they were able to take time out of their busy schedules that i know they don't have to uh, come on their podcast so uh tonight i got uh two recurring guests connor you met him he was i think my first guest i actually had we me and him had a uh a nerd session about Lord of the Rings a few weeks ago. So, Connor, how you doing? Good, man. And what a great nerd session that was. It was. And did uh, you happen to watch those videos I sent you of the fucking Lord of the Rings expert? I, I haven't had a chance yet, man. I got busy yesterday with the baby, so I got I had to. And then, uh, I uh, again, I apologize. I know I promised that he was only going to come back on the Christmas episode. But for some fucking reason, I keep bringing this guy back on. Uh, everybody, this is Leo. If you haven't listened to his episodes, uh, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you, but, uh, Leo, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm pretty good. All right. And, um, (laughs) 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 and then, uh, and then we got a newcomer, uh, my buddy Dominic met him at the hospital. Uh, it's been a while since I've talked to him, so I'm, I'm glad that he's on for last. Yeah. Fucking course, bro. And, uh, this ass clown is living out in Arizona right now where it's like 80 degrees and sunny and beautiful. And they got the dry heat or whatever the fuck that means. It's beautiful. We just opened the windows. No AC life is good. No one cares, Dominic. (laughs) When was the last time you made a snowman, Dominic? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I can go up to Flagstaff, two-hour drive once it starts snowing. So that's the but, best part about Arizona. And he you know grabbed- what? You want know my favorite memory of Dominic is what? last last year when we all got out of the hospital, like the month after we all got together at Starbucks. It snowed. Remember, it was fucking snowing out that night, and Dominic uh-huh. was like having a fucking panic attack because he never yeah. driven in snow before. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, "I don't know what to do," and we're like, "Bro, it's just snowing. Who cares?" You're like, "No, you don't understand. I've never driven in snow before. I don't know what to do." <laughs> yeah, that was like the first snow. I had to like call my stepdad and be like, "How do I turn the four wheel drive on?" And he's like, "It's always on. It's always and on. It's always." <laughs> 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 that's my favorite memory of dominic but uh yeah, anyway thank you guys for coming on this is uh this is something i was looking forward to since i started the podcast i just uh i had to wait till november because i wanted because i'm uh as uh leo called me last week he said i'm I'm a romantic so i gotta make it special gotta make it a one-year reunion uh so fuck you leo and uh thanks guys for coming on i really appreciate it i got you buddy of course man yeah appreciate yeah. it <laughs> leo, so... i was gonna stay quiet uh, so can we quiet. start with can we start with Connor because I want to hear about his baby and how fatherhood is. Yes, oh. absolutely. How is fatherhood, Leo? Because I have no idea. Dude, is it's it weird. You, you so, tired. So, so keep in mind, my daughter has been crawling now for about two months, and now she's like starting to get up on stuff and starting to learn how to walk around and stuff, and it is scaring the shit out of me. Oh yeah. 
it is it is legitimately some of the scariest thing because like she'll get up on stuff and she'll kind of look around and she'll be like okay i'm safe and she'll try to take a step and as soon as she steps she like usually falls down so i'm like mm. like i'm i'm trying to maintain my cool and just be like okay she's okay she's not hurting herself but it's like at the same time like whenever she takes that stuff i'm just like wait ah. how many months is she now she For is years? 10, she's 10 months 10 months yeah. okay 10. so she's walking walking have you seen her first steps like i really don't know like how babies no, work yeah. so she'll like she'll like put one she'll put her arms up on furniture and like kind of like try to walk along the furniture uh, but she hasn't yeah. taken any free any free steps yet she's just kind of Yep, she's just kind of walking, like walking along furniture, trying to get her feet underneath her. She still gets up on her on her tippy toes. So, oh, okay. so she's 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 getting there though, man. And it's it's a trip to watch, but it's it's awesome. Fatherhood is a is an awesome journey, and I'm I'm glad I have her and my girlfriend in my life, and I'm able to watch watch us all grow on a daily. It's actually a really fun experience. That's cool. How do you feel about it being like your do you feel like your daughter's like not your legacy, but does that make you feel good that like yeah, I, it makes once me feel you're good. gone, there's you know always going to be her and more and stuff. Well, and I feel it feels like to me that you know she doesn't have to follow in my footsteps. She doesn't have to be my oh, legacy, yeah. and so on and so forth. Mm. But it feels good to know that you know I had a hand in creating this wonderful little person who's now right here in front of me. Well, and I think who, you had a dick in creating this wonderful person in front of you, not well, just a hand. Like I said, I, you I, know, know, I, I know what you mean, though. I'm sorry. But it, but I get to have a direct hand in involving her yeah. in my life and teaching her raising right her and, and teaching her about Wait, all about. Okay, Connor, did I hear that you said girlfriend and not wife? You heard me. Oh, you heathen. And what's her name, <laughs> by the way? What my uh, my daughter's name is Luciana. Luciana. Do you call her Lucy short? Nope, Luce. Luce. Oh, okay, yep. that's even shorter. Okay, that's cool. That's a pretty name, honestly. Yep, sure. Luciana. Nice. And yeah. uh, also, I just want to say thank you, Dominic, for just taking over my podcast and asking all the questions. And <laughs> oh, I thought that's what I was doing was taking. Or I thought this was like an open. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, honestly, honestly, God, I'll just sit back and fucking listen and drink my yeah. beer and have a good time. I'm take over. Good at uh, welcome everybody to uh, Dominic's therapy sessions tonight. Uh, I am a guest, apparently. So right. go ahead, take over, Dom. What do you got for us? All right. Have you guys been um, still following up? on um like still having like uh therapy sessions and stuff or anything or like still following up with treatment or oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I i just entered a new program for my anxiety it's a cbt program and then after that okay. i'm gonna be doing exposure therapy because it's been kind of flaring back up again and i just want to make sure that i'm able to keep myself going and keep myself yeah. in bar. Yeah, I just um, I'm looking to establish like hair out here. I've only been out here for like a uh, like a month, a month and a week or something. So I'm still working on like establishing someone because I know I do definitely need the help or want someone to fall back on and stuff. But luckily, my uh, doctor in Illinois gave me like three months supplies of my prescriptions. So um, I'm good on that. But you know, I still need someone to talk to. So well, I. Uh... 
I've still been seeing my counselor that I've been seeing for my adolescence years to my adult years. And then uh, I got off my meds and I got back on my meds. And um, I think I was just talking to Connor about this. And I don't know. I'm trying to find I, I, I want I don't know if they exist or if it's just in the movies, but I want to find that Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting Therapist, the one that's like that asks the uncomfortable questions that really tries to find the the root of everything. And um, I don't know, I, I might have to look elsewhere for some therapy because uh, just being asked how I'm feeling and then prescribed medication isn't my idea of true therapy. I want, I really want to, if I'm paying someone to help me, I want them to fucking help me and not just give me medicine. You know what I mean? The biggest thing I could say about that is that it just takes time to develop that relate that Robin Williams relationship, you know, but, and don't be afraid to switch like therapists if you need to, you know, I did that like three times in Chicago. I realized I like women more um, than men therapists, but yeah. Yeah. I just need to find something, you know, like Mm -hmm. my, uh, she's not even, she's not even, she's a nurse practitioner, but you know, like, She's nice. She's cool. Like I've never had any issues with her. Like she takes her studious notes and she uh, keeps up on me and stuff. But it's never like those questions that make you think. You know what I mean? She just I don't know. I it, and my counselor, like me and him, I've been seeing him since I was fifteen, and it's more of like a personal relationship now. And like we more we know too much personal stuff about each other to really dig deep into stuff and. A lot of times our sessions end up turning into fucking what Leo and Connor were just doing where we just talk about sports and yeah, it helps and it's helpful, but there's just sometimes I, I need to go in and I need to find more counsel. So hopefully, I don't know. I got to look into it and got to find something. How many sessions have you had with the uh, girl? Oh, fuck, I don't know. At least a dozen, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe not a oh, dozen. Okay. Maybe less like close to a dozen because it's been a, yeah about one a month or so yeah. since I got out of the hospital so maybe like eight or nine yeah that's probably yeah you got something to say Leo hmm. touching the beer can right in front of the mic bud I do what I want mm-hmm. what this is it an ASMR podcast is it I hope not because I'll fall asleep. I'll cut that out in post. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Again. it's fine. We'll do it. We'll do it in post. It's fine. <laughs> we'll do it in post. It's fine. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, what about you, Leo? Are you gonna get back into the therapy? Uh, maybe. I mean, so so the funny thing about um all this COVID crap that happened is uh yeah. So I I left the job, the beer job, which probably wasn't a good idea in the first place, right? Mentally ill. Like I'm sure you guys probably wouldn't want to be around beer and drugs all the time, but um. Yeah, so I left the job, didn't have insurance for a while, and then got this ridiculously salary job that's super nice, and I'm not going to complain, but I'm living the American dream, right, all all American. Um, I, I got my insurance. I mean, I've had my insurance for a couple of months now. Um, yeah, I'll probably probably get it, like, I'll probably get a therapist and maybe try some alternate form of, like, medication. All I know is lithium wasn't for me. I tried it. Mm-hmm. tried lithium Whoa. and Seroquel, and it was it was horrible. It was horrible, especially as a creative person. And I know we talked about it on the last episode, so I really don't want to hammer the same points, but uh, lithium just makes you feel like a zombie. I can I can see why Kurt yeah. Cobain hated it, 
I could see why Kurt Cobain hated it and I hated it too. So we slowly weaned myself off once I like, I knew I didn't have insurance anymore. I was like, I don't want to stay on this. So me and the girlfriend, we like monitored my dose and we lowered it little by little until I came off of it. So, so right just, now like, it's just, it off. yeah, yeah. So right now it's just, just a matter of the fact of, um, I just been practicing, staying away from all the bad stuff. So no drugs, right. Um, no drugs, uh, no bad influences, no, um, just keeping my social circle kind of small. Cause it was huge and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good thing. So I keeping it small and, you know, staying healthy, staying disciplined with my diet, super keto. We already talked about it. And, um, you know, trying to stay somewhat disciplined with my workouts. So a little different than you guys, but you know, it's good. Cause we all have to find, you know, what works for us. Yeah. My biggest issue is my new doctor out here wants me to, uh, um, switch off of Zoloft, which worked for me when I was in, um, the place with you guys last year. Um, because she said, since I'm taking so many, uh, I'm taking like 200 milligrams a day. She said, if you're taking 200 milligrams a day, that obviously it's not the right medication for you, but it works for me and it helps me. So I don't want to switch off of it, but yeah. Mm. So what are you going to do then? I don't know. I mean, I want to stay on it, but, and it also sucks too, because you have to wean yourself off of Zoloft and then on to another thing. And it's just experimental, you know, basically like to find the right one, you know, I tried Lexapro and, you know, that was my first one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with where I'm at and I feel like it definitely does help me. So, but it's just frustrating when the doctor wants to, uh, just mess with your scripts. So especially something I'm comfortable with that I've been taking for so long. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I've been taking Lexapro since I was in the hospital and um, I, I, t I said the last episode that I didn't know, I didn't think it was doing anything for me until I got off of it. And then I quickly realized that oh, it, yeah. it was doing a lot for me because once yeah. I got off, I fucking relapsed and I got real bad real quick. And yeah. then once I got back on, I was fucking steady. So I don't know. Uh, something my counselor told me that I didn't realize. Um, he said that like 90, I don't know how true this is. So if anybody is listening to this, that just happens to be a fucking licensed therapist, whatever the fuck, I don't mean to offend, but um, I was told that like 90% or 95% of therapists or licensed psychiatrists or whatever were just essentially failed medical students like really they they go to school to be a medical doctor but they're just not fucking smart enough or and, it just takes too much time yeah and like the easiest route to get that doctor in front of your name is to be a psychiatrist yeah. right so yeah. a lot of them just settle for that so they actually aren't going into it because they want to help people they're just going into it because they want to be a doctor so um like that ass clown that was there on the weekends. You remember the fucking, Oh, I'm just the weekend guy. Remember like that guy, like he didn't give, a, he didn't give a fuck about us. He just cared that he was getting his sucking, whatever his salary was. He writes whatever scripts he gets his fucking payout from wherever. And he's good to go. But it's like, you got to find, you got to find that person that actually fucking cares that actually got into it because they wanted to help people. And there's a small percentage of them. So it's just a matter of finding them. And 
I think that's where a lot of us are right now. And uh, especially me, because I think my lady, like she legitimately got into it because she wants to help people. But I just think that for someone like me and someone like a lot of us, like it's not so much being where I'm being told, like not so much like what I want to hear, but like things that aren't going to like trigger me too much. And I don't I'm not saying that she's like a, she's afraid to push me to that limit but i want to find someone who's going to who's not afraid to push me to that limit who can if they say something that sets me off they're going to know how to bring me back down and get me back to that place so they but they're going to know how to challenge me and they're going to know how to dig deep into me and try to find that root and try to pinpoint which part of my fucking childhood trauma is what caused all this bullshit that i'm going through right now you know what i mean so i think it's just a matter of finding the right person finding the right medication and just having the the uh having the support system like whether it's girlfriend kids whatever you know what i mean well and that's a process in and of itself though too and i mean that's just something that it's gonna take time and it will take time and for the meantime you just kind of got to ride the roller coaster and go from there well sometimes i feel like being triggered um can be like a positive thing because you have to the way you put it was kind of negative like being triggered can be a positive thing because you have to confront like those demons basically you know yeah oh yeah 100 yeah. like yeah i like i know i'm not gonna be perfect and i'm gonna have my moments where i'm gonna pop off for no fucking reason or if something does trigger me whether it's you know whatever it is like I know it's something yeah. that I got to deal with because I know it's going to happen. You know what I mean? So I don't think a trigger is necessarily a bad thing altogether, but um, I don't know. I just yeah, uh, well, that kind of is like the frustrating thing with me. I don't know what exactly you're referring to in your childhood, but I can't pinpoint that moment um, that maybe caused my issues or something, you know? So yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, there I, wasn't I, anything other than my parents getting divorced. Like, I had a decent, you know, I had a wonderful childhood. You know, are you are you specifically looking for? Because, like, for instance, in in my case, I'm bipolar, so there's mm-hmm. like absolutely nothing wrong. Like, I I had a great childhood. I had both parents around. Like, I've not bragging because i'm really not but like i've had a pretty like i've had a good life rory knows like look at all this shit in the background like i've had a good life but that doesn't mean anything like i'm mentally ill and i'm 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 bipolar so it doesn't matter if i win the lottery tomorrow like um like you know if i have a if i'm on a low and if i'm on a bad low enough I'll, i'll i'll do a robin williams right and i'll you know exit stage left but my whole thing is like are you specifically looking for like a a a reason why you feel the way that you feel at, at times like because that's my whole thing like i've 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 come to terms with the fact that like there's no specific there, there's no specific event that caused the way i feel yeah i've come to terms with that too and stuff um but so i just realized this is who i am and this is you know my issues like it's just who I am. It's just who I was born as, you know, there's no like, 
history of like mental illness in my family. I just feel like, I don't know, God just messed up on me. That's how I feel, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, no big event yeah. or anything, you right. know, like it, it, it diddled I, like a pre diddled by a priest or something, you know? right? Because because I, I I feel the same because <laughs> I I feel the same way, but unlike I mean unlike you, I'm not like I just I just think it's the cards you were dealt with, right? So like I I was dealt the the, the deck of cards that I was dealt with, so I have I have the illness and uh, and I have to live with it, no matter how good or how bad the situation gets. Like it, there's there's nothing. Like it's my gift. It's my curse. Right. Like that, the fact that you'll forever feel broken and it's just managing that feeling of brokenness, you know, that's the everyday struggle. And how does that make you feel? Like, does that make you feel depressed? Because it makes me feel depressed all the time that like, no, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. The biggest thing that like you have to know or it's crazy. Cause so like, it's funny connor i was giving you shit about like having a baby out of wedlock but i've been with my girlfriend for for 12 years now and we haven't been married and we have a kid and she's five so it's just you know it's just a joke but like in the case of her like she she's fully aware that tomorrow like i might not wake up right like if i'm on a low like i might off myself and like all my and a lot of my closer friends they, they they're aware of that right and it's not like them being negative like oh it's just a matter of time it's just that's the reality of it and it doesn't necessarily make me sad um it just it it is what it is when you're struggling with a mental illness right like i'm not i'm not saying like well it's it's over like i'm eventually gonna do it but it is it is a reality that you have to face and i don't think you should sugarcoat it like as someone with mental illness and and i don't know how depression is because like for years, I thought I had depression. It was more, it's bipolar. It's, it's different. Like I have really high highs where like, you know, I, I think I'm like God's gift to earth. And then when I'm low, it's just, I'm, I'm lower than dirt. But I, I feel think that it, it is, it is a good thing to know that this mental illness can, can lead to some really bad consequences if you don't treat it. I, I just think it's just, it's being re- a realist. It doesn't really necessarily make me depressed but um i i don't know it just it, it it shows you how serious this condition is right that it's not just being sad because your girl left you like this is a serious condition yeah i can understand that i realized um i was basically um diagnosed with not as much depression but with more anxiety but a follow-up to your thing is Cause I feel like I wouldn't mind like if a semi truck hit me or something when I was walking across the street, I wouldn't mind it, but um, I'm not going to actively do it. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like you'd actively or you would do it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think of a, I don't necessarily think of suicide. Um, like I like for instance a lot of people have been on Rory's podcast they they feel that like in the months after being on the show they've had some slower clarity and they've had yeah. uh, they've had that eureka moment right whereas like I've always known that there was something necessarily there was some, there wasn't something right with me but um 
it, it's it's just it's one of those things where um I know that at any given moment, if I have a bad low enough that, you know, um, something bad can happen. And I know that while I'm not necessarily a drug addict because I didn't have any drug withdrawals, like I know that if someone were to be like, hey, you want to do some cocaine? I'm not going to say no, like bullshit. I'm like, I'd like to say, I like to think that I'm going to be like, nah, I'm not going to. I'm a good kid, but like bullshit. Like once an addict, always an addict, right? Isn't that, isn't that the stupid cliche thing that they say? But it's not um, a cliche. It's completely true. I mean, yeah, it's true. Because that's Mm -hmm. the other thing, too. I hate about cliches because, like, the whole thing about cliches is they're based on some truth. So are they really cliches in the end? But uh, no, that doesn't make me sad. It's just it. it's the reality of mental illness um, that you could be here one day that you think of suicide, that you do. It's weird your brain's just wired differently i think right like your your brain is definitely wired differently um and uh i don't i don't think that just because sometimes you really think about ending it like like i don't know i don't i don't see any negative to that i i think it's just being honest with yourself and like i said i I have friends like my friends my family my girlfriend they all come to terms with it right it's not that they're not willing to help because they are they're willing to help like if I, if I call them in the middle of the night and be like, Hey, I'm on a low, they're going to come, but they know that this is a possibility. Um, and that's just, that's just being re- real. Cause I feel like the number one thing when people do end up ending it or harming themselves, it's when people go into that false sense of security of like, Oh, nothing will happen to them. Like how did, for instance, it, you know, Nirvana, right? Like how did Kurt Cobain wrote, you know, you're right. Which is essentially a suicide note. And then after he killed himself, Chris Novoselic was like, oh, I, I didn't know there was anything wrong. I'm like, how did you not? Like, this, this man is literally writing suicide notes in his music mm-hmm. and you missed it? So, I don't know. I mean, it's in response to that. Music is like a medium to where you can write that, you know? But I mean... It is, it's very easy. I hid my issues from people for so long. So, because I was ashamed of it, you know? So it is very easy for, I don't know, people to miss it, especially if you are ashamed of it. So that's the only thing I can say. But when you think about, uh, you know, ending it, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, do you believe in we're going someplace after this? So I grew up, it's weird. So I, I'm kind of like Martin Scorsese in the way. And that's the only way I'll ever compare myself to Martin Scorsese. Cause that guy's a, a genius when it comes to yeah, directing, darker. but like, yeah, no, I don't believe in an afterlife. Yeah. Cause that not, I go back and forth, but it comforts me like, um, just no, I mean, I love sleep. Like, just knowing that I'm just going to go to sleep forever and nothing. So, but I go back and forth, and sometimes I do believe in an afterlife. And because I was raised Catholic, I know if I do do it, you know, I'm going to uh, hell, which isn't, I heard, isn't the most fun place to be. So, it's just sleeping forever. You don't have any bad feelings, you don't have any good feelings. The only negative is obviously it hurts people around you. I don't know. That's fucking hard. I know, Connor's just kind of sitting there. Connor, I'm sorry, like, you got quiet. I I thought I was going to be the quiet one, and then... (laughs) 
Because because that's yeah. the thing. That's the reality of it. And and one of the things that I don't think we should start shy away with, and because and, it is a <laughs> there there's a stigma, and I, I yeah. think suicide is is definitely something that you need to talk to talk about because. It's a possibility. It really yeah. is. And it's not just being a negative because it's not. It's not like I, I wish that we all live healthy lives. Right. But to not talk about suicide is to kind of ignore the elephant in the room. Exactly. That's like if like the four of us, like we're talking mental health right now, right? We're talking about whether we have depression or if we have uh, like bipolar disorder or any of like that's if. That's this is as if like four people in a cancer ward are talking to each other. It would be dumb for them not to bring up the fact that, hey, this might end our lives. So when it comes to mental health, like especially if you've been diagnosed with um, some kind of major depression or anxiety or something like that, like suicide is there. It's going to it's going to be in your mind. It's going to be a topic of discussion. You know, like it's not don't don't avoid it just because it's uncomfortable. Like if it's a potential thing, like fucking talk about it, bring it up, bring it to light, and maybe that'll soften it a little bit. And um, that's where I found a little bit of peace in all of this. Like I used to be so like, mm, don't tell people my problems because I'm such a burden. Like I, I, I've always felt like I was such a burden on everybody because who the fuck wants to listen to some guy complain about his life when he's got a smoking hot wife and two beautiful boys and a decent union gig and uh, you know what I mean? Like nobody wants to hear that. So I've always kept it to myself and opening up about it is kind of making me realize that like, it's okay. It's fucking okay to feel this way, you know? And that's why I'm, yeah. I'm just, I like, I love doing these, these podcasts with guys and just hearing everybody's stories and talking about it because just, it's just more and more reassurance that it's, it's okay that I feel this way and well, the, suicide well, and taking your life is just a part of the gig. It's, it's uh, a, I don't know. It's just, it's, well, yeah. You go ahead. Yeah. I, I no, no. Well, because it's, well, it's just one of those things where like everyone's dealt a different deck of cards, right? Like there was that Lor Lawrence, right? The person who had that head injury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was my yeah. roommate. I miss him. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to come on, but I don't know. He's working. I think he's working overnights right now. Right. But he yeah, had that head, like head injury and that caused a lot of like his mental issues. Yeah. Right? Right. And then there's your frontal lobe. Right. And, and then he felt like people, a burden. Yeah, and there's other people that are born with it, and then there's other people that had like an issue that happened to them in, from childhood, and that led to to that. Yeah, but, like everyone, yeah. everyone has had like for you're you're dealt the cards that you're dealt with, and and nothing's more invalid or valid more than anyone else's. There's just it's crazy that we all come from different backgrounds. We've all had the different triggers, I guess, right? If you want to call it that, just to simplify the issue, we've all have different triggers that have caused that, but at the end of the day, we all kind of feel the same, right? And our lows, while like, you know, bipolar, you get highs and you get lows and you don't guys, get, you don't get that high. But like the, our lows oh, so low. is, is kind of like what we, unifies us, right? Because yeah. our lows is our struggles, which is that the moment where you feel nothing but pitch black and it doesn't matter. Like I agree, like, right? You have the union job, you have the wife and you have the kids and it doesn't matter. And I have this ridiculous collection that most people would be jealous of. And I have the, you know, the typical American salary job that is sales and super comfortable and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter. And Connor, you know, like you just have a newborn and a, and, and a girl that loves you and you have a steady job during coronavirus for most people don't have that job and it doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. And like you essentially, um, 
he, I'm sorry, I'm pointing at the cameras, like, even though, like, technically you're below <laughs> there, who knows if you're there, but, like, <laughs> like Dominic, like, you're more open about your mental illness, and that's a good step, right, but it doesn't matter, because when you guys feel on the low, it, it doesn't matter the progress that you've made, and the medication that you're on, and the support system that you have, you feel like, nothing and you feel like a burden and that's and that's God, funny because yeah. like that's such an Worse. important word it, it burden yes burden because because you feel like you're a shit stain in the world and you should erase yourself and it and it, it and it's something that is super important because that more importantly because it just too too many times people are like oh you just talk about your issues and stuff like that but that that feeling of burden it sucks and it prevents like, you from doing a lot of things. Yes. And I'm very good at hiding my low days and stuff, you know, super good at hiding low days. So, and that's something I need to improve, improve on and like, you know, tell people, hey, I'm having a low day. Help me out here, you know. So, yeah, yep. same because that goes along with burden, like. My, I feel like my issues are my issues. I don't want, excuse me, um, I don't want to, uh have other people you know i don't know like helping with my issues even though i know that's the right thing to do so yeah right. my counselors helped me with that too I've, I've mentioned this in the past on other episodes but like i used to tell them all the time i'm like dude i don't even like i don't even want to tell you what's going on because like it's not as bad as other people and he's like he literally stops me and he's like dude don't fucking worry about other people just because other people have it worse than you doesn't mean your shit's not valid you know, I completely it, agree with that. I have and that, that, same that issue. That's something that I've fucking fought with myself with so much. It's like, yeah, but it could be so much worse. It's like, it doesn't matter if it could be worse, but it's still enough to do damage to you and your mental state. So fucking focus on that. Don't try to focus on what it could be. Focus on what is and work on that shit and keep going forward. And that, like, that's something that I struggle with because, yeah. I look at my wife, I look at my kids, I look at my life and I'm like, why do, what am I complaining about? And it's not even something it's like, I don't want to fucking feel this way. I don't want to fucking feel sad all the time. I don't want to take medicine because I, you know what I mean? I don't want that shit, but it is what it is. It's something that I've, that I, has grown. Like it's something like, from, I don't know if it, if it is the childhood trauma or it's not even trauma is such a fucking impactful word. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's also very broad. Yeah, exactly. And, like I can get into what the fuck happened with my parents in my childhood, but it, it like, it's nothing. I don't know. I, it's just for me personally, I just got to just keep my f mind focused on myself and my issues because what got me into the hospital was that feeling of being a burden. And it went along with, I know we, we're bringing up Lawrence, but he's not yeah, here. That's exactly but what he said. He he literally said in the podcast because this is, this is his words. You can go back. He said like the the day that he flipped the table or whatever. He looked back and he looked at his wife clean up his mess and he's like, "This is what her life is going to be because of me." And then that's that was the moment that he decided. And that's where I was the day I went into the hospital. I just I I came up with this bolt like I did this did this bullshit lie. I, I lied to my wife about some fucking dumb shit with a job like it was just so stupid and like when i finally came to i was just like what the fuck's wrong with me like this is what her life is going to be because i am the way that i am so either 
just end it all now or check yourself into a hospital and see what you can do to not end it all. And it was like a literal battle that I had. I sat in my car. I think I was an Elgin or some shit. I was just sitting in my car, like contemplating what to do. And then I don't know. I just started driving and I eventually I made my way to fucking Silver Oaks. I walked in. Hey, I, I, I want to get myself evaluated. And now I'm here a year later talking to you guys. Like it was, it's just, I don't know. It's, but you got, but you got to look at the positives, man. You were strong I enough mean, to recognize that you were strong it, enough to recognize that you right. needed help. It's the same right. thing with like yeah. Connor, Con- Connor. I'm, I, I know I listened to your episode and like you also, like you knew there was something wrong with you and then you went into, into the hospital, right? Right. Right. Like for instance, like in, in the case, in the, in like the, in like my case, like I, I, I pulled many nights where I didn't come home. Right. I didn't come home and I, and I disappeared. And then I had times where I would disappear and I would, you know, fucking go sit at like a park and fucking contemplate, you know, whatever the dark negative thoughts. And I would have my phone ringing off the hook, girlfriend, parents, stuff like that, you know? So like I, I put, I put them through hell before I came to that, to that realization that like I needed help. You guys just like you recognize that you needed help and then, and then you went in. So like there's strength in that. Right. And, and I don't know your story, Dominic, but like, you know what I mean? Like you, you got to recognize that there was strength in like what Connor and Rory did where they're like, Oh, I need help. And instead of like pulling some bullshit, right. Which I know I did, like they just, they checked themselves into the hospital before like they, they hurt someone. And while they feel like a burden, they're strong in the fact that they just recognized it right away. Yeah, it definitely is positive. I didn't check myself in, like, willingly. I was kind of forced to, but, yeah. But I recognize that as a positive, that they had the strength and, like, the courage to do that because, you know, it, it kind of – I don't view it as a stigma anymore, but I know a lot of people do, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it took me a while to even tell people that I was in the hospital. Like yeah. family members, like close family members. Like, yeah, I had the people I was living with obviously know and uh um just super close family, but like uh my brother was the only one of my siblings I told. Um honestly I don't even know if my two sisters even knew until they listened to the if they if they even listened to the podcast that I I think it was with Connor. Connor, the one I had with you, that's what an I made it public that hey, by the way, I was in a hospital. Um, and I guess it, it wasn't even so much about the stigma. Like I didn't want people to think I was crazy. I was just ashamed that I even let myself get to the, that point to where like, I don't know. It, 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 it just goes along the lines of being the burden of if I was somebody else looking at my life, I would literally be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you even thinking about killing yourself when you got what people dream of, you know, on it? And that's, it, it's hard. It's how like, I it, feel. Yeah, it's fucking hard, bro. And it's something I still struggle with because I still have my moments. And like when I got off my meds a couple months ago, I was right back there. I was so, so fucking like I went, I actually went back to Silver Oaks to uh, get reevaluated for the uh, outpatient IOP. IOP. Yeah, yeah. You did that, right, Dom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went, I went in and I got evaluated and, um, uh, I did uh, like a session and then um, <clears throat> I found out that my uh, 
my insurance lapsed at the time because I hadn't worked enough hours, so I never went back. But like I was there. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I need to check myself back into the hospital or uh, what, but um, I went and I just got reevaluated and I'm kind of glad that I didn't get put back in because with all the COVID restrictions and all that, like, I don't know how the fuck the wards are. I don't know what they're doing with the patients and yeah. how that works. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're keeping them apart from each other and all that. I have no Could idea. You- could you imagine playing Uno by yourself? Dude, I was just about to fucking say that. Can you imagine? Like, they have tables six feet apart from each other, and we're playing Uno with each other. We gotta, like, fucking throw the cards. <laughs> yeah. Just off, like, a Frisbee. Like, here. There would be, no that, that, that Connor <laughs> conversation, that Connor, that whole, like, hey, he likes DC. You like Marvel. Oh, That's my God. fucking fight for my amusement. That never would have happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Connor, honest, honest to God, Connor, if it wasn't for you, me and Leo probably would never have any kind of kinship after the hospital. So, uh, Connor, I'm going to hold that against you until the day you die. Yeah, hey, because <laughs> then, then far be it from me for stoking a beautiful friendship, first of all. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know about you. that one, man. If I was the outsiders, I'd be Pony Boy. I'd be that complete douchebag that, like... Hey, stay gold, Leo. Stay gold. <laughs> stay gold. So you die. Wait, did Pony die? Did Pony Boy die, or was it uh somebody died? Who died? Why? Why did you uh, try to make it morbid, bro? Why one of them died, and then fucking <laughs> what's his name got all pissed off, and he pulled the gun on the cops to kill himself. Bro, I've hey, read Rory, The Outsiders. Listen, Rory. What? It's not your fault. <sighs> are you Robin Williams? <laughs> I was about Dude, to that's say, scene. like, why are we skipping movies now? Like, what are we doing? We got a portal. It's not your fault. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna do it earlier, but I felt like it was really inappropriate. I feel like Rory's like sharing his feelings and talking about like he needs a Robin Williams, and I was like, oh, maybe I should say it's not your fault. But I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's totally, <laughs> it's totally inappropriate. Dude, what do you want me to do? Fuck with me, down. Sean. Are we gonna I hug? Just, Are we gonna yeah, hug yeah. via view? It's not your fault. Dude, that hey, Matt man. Damon cry in that scene like not haunts me, but just like. I don't know. I felt like he just became like a boy crying and finally like, oh, I don't know. I think that's one of the greatest scenes in like the, all the, the cinema, so. That movie is like, so good. So like, I'm all about like watching 80s action movies and eating steaks and shit, but the one, number one thing, maybe it's because I went to film school, is you're you're totally allowed to cry at a good movie. Just just saying. Like, yeah. You're totally allowed to cry. Whether it's Alfred at the fucking grave of Bruce Wayne, you know, like, oh, I failed you, or like. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> for, a, like, for an eight-year-old movie, ten-year-old movie, ten-year-old movie. At this point, we, uh, but, on my podcast, we're allowed to spoil movies that came out before 2015. Just okay, I, like I, I recently. Spoiler alert: than, Jesus died at the end of Passion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah, I uh, being a fan of Joy Division, I had to go seek out that movie Control, which is based off the life of Joy Division. At the end, when he offed himself, like holy crap, there was some tears shed. Yeah. Or you know what's the other movie? Especially now that I have a daughter. Connor, I don't know if you've watched this movie since you've had an, like a like an offspring that you know that like, but like, was it um, Tim Burton's uh, Big Fish? Yeah, oh, I love that shit. movie. Oh, dude, I haven't, yeah. that I haven't movie seen that movie since I was my kid. dad. That's yeah. a good ass movie. Yeah. Great hey movie. guys, I only made it halfway. I was watching the Titanic the other day. I only made it halfway through it, and then I fell asleep. Does anyone know what happens at the end? Titanic. <laughs> uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett, I think it's her uh, naked her body Kate drawn. Winslet. 
Kate, what did yeah. I say? Blanchett? Whatever. Yeah. Fucking who cares? Just put one of those Kates in there. Could be. Yeah. So no, no, no it's the Kate yeah. that def. It's the Kate that definitely set Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. They might deny Ooh. it, but you know, Wait, they definitely. You want to talk about uh, each other? There was enough room on the door. There yeah, was whenever they, yeah, yeah, door. some scientists but, like did math and was yeah. like, there was enough for both. <laughs> she of was just being as fuck. Yeah. So, so one of the things, Connor, is um, since you were talking about having a kid, is ever since like I, I've had, I've had a kid. Holy fuck, has like having a kid made you into such a bitch when it comes to movies, yes. dude. Like you just Ooh. cry, dude. you cry all the time. Like I find myself like. I, I remember, like, dude, I swear to God. And here's the thing. Like, I always give Rory shit about Marvel because I'm a DC guy. But I swear to God, like, the last, like, 30 minutes of Endgame, I was crying. I, I didn't even know if it was tears of joy oh. or, like, tears of sadness. And when, like, Captain America said, like, uh, Avengers, like, Avengers Assemble, like, I, I think, uh. like, I, I had tears. Uh. And then when Iron Man was like, I am Iron Man. Like, but that's not just any movie. Like, there, there are other movies. Like I said, like you know, like that Joy Division movie. And like, Spoiler alert, by the way. And then, for Endgame. and then the other, yeah, whatever. Who yeah. hasn't seen it at uh, this point? Right, but like, the, the there's also movies where like, in any movie where like a mother or father lose their like son slash child, I'll lose it. Like I'll yeah. lose it. Like then the Cole Kidman yeah. movie like, with like but... Aaron Eckhart, where they're like lose the kid, and it's called Rabbit Hole. Like I just I cried, I cry like a bitch. All right. Not- I'm gonna all right, I'm gonna give an example now because uh, I just watched this movie uh, because it's on that Christmas bracket, <laughs> Christmas Chronicles. It's a fuck. It's a great Christmas movie for one because Kurt Russell is Santa Claus. But the fucking kid, the son, the son of the dead firefighter, when they had that scene with the son and the daughter, and he like admits that he's mad. He's literally mad at his dad because his dad died fighting a fire. And he's like, he died to save a bunch of strangers. But then he like, he left his son, like people like, like when that little scene, like it was poorly acted. I'll give him, I'll, I'll say that. But like the, the context of it, like fucking got me because one, I'm a father and two, it made me think. And, and like, it's like one of those things. It's like, fuck man. Like if I ever did something to myself, what are my kids going to say when they're older? Like, why would my dad. Like he, they would be mad at me and they should be mad at me, you know? And like just watching that scene as a dad, like I got all choked up. And then at the end when he was looking in the ornament and the fucking dad popped up and he was like, Hey kid. And I was like, Oh, like it was a fucking, it's a cheesy movie. And Kurt Russell's Santa Claus is actually phenomenal. But that, the, 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 um, the aspect with the kids and the, the dead dad, like that, that got me when the, when the son was just like, why the fuck did he run in? Like he had kids of his own. Like, why was he thinking about these strangers? Why wasn't he thinking about his own kids? Like, why would he do that? Like not, ne- never mind the fact that his dad, his dad died as a hero. He's just mad because his dad died and left him and his sister to be fucking fatherless. And that got me. It got me hard. Well, what's so, that movie called? It's Christmas, Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles with it's yeah. But here's here, here's two things. I actually thought they were gonna pull the 9-11 bullshit where like his dad died, you know, like saving people during 9-11. But I'm glad they didn't because that they wouldn't time up. And then two, that movie's automatically great because it has a member of the E Street band, which is the greatest band of all time. Oh my god. Fight me, okay? <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is the greatest <laughs> singer songwriter of our generation. Oh okay? man. Okay. That man, Never heard of Bob Dylan. Of, Have you ever heard of Freddie Mercury? But, yeah, but like, this right. land is your land. Like, come on. He didn't Bruce break Springsteen. that song, did he? 
Is it no? But then oh, they can see anything. Like, and, and then one of the things that like my friend put a hat in his back pocket, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's wearing yeah, a white T-shirt." So, like, hold up. And then the other thing too is he always thinks about sad shit, which talking about like depression and it's just hysterical because like, like I'll always like just randomly burst out with Bruce Springsteen, and you never know. Like my, it's always a challenge to my friends. Like, is it Bruce Springsteen or is my, or is Leo making shit up? Like, we Leo went down to the river. And then I had a baby. Like, is that a Bruce Springsteen lyric? You don't know. Or is that just me making shit up? You don't know. Because Bruce Springsteen So anyways, talks this about Christmas movie made me think about if I off myself, what my kids would think. The lasting In a impact, fire, Rory? The lasting impact of me actually going through with my dark thoughts. But yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Thanks, Leo. Thanks for bringing <laughs> it back to the... Uh, There's an East oh, Street... Uh, Legit, there's a there's a scene where Santa Claus sings. I don't even remember what fucking song, but with two members of the E Street Band, and that's why this Netflix movie. You should all go seek it out. It's part of Roy's Christmas bracket. Yeah, he cried. I hope it goes far. I cried because the fucking kid was mad at his dad, and that's fucking that's a legitimate thing. Like, yeah, my dad's a hero, but to these strangers, not to me. He's not a hero to me because I don't have a dad anymore. Like, that's a legitimate thing, and I fucking dug that. The acting could have been better. Honestly, it could have been a lot better. But the writing and the story arc and everything was fucking right there. It was A1, yeah. and I appreciate it. And Kurt it's, Russell's Santa Claus, fucking... It's not as good as Gremlins, so let's just call it... That's, no, that's they, won't, they, won't end up, they won't meet until the finals anyway, so we don't even have to worry it's about fun. that. Oh, are you saying that Gremlins is going to make it to the finals? I'm no, I'm saying that. neither of those movies will probably make it to the finals. Oh, yeah, it'll definitely make it to the... Gremlins will make it. It's not my fault that you decided... I don't know. His bracket's fucked up. You'll see it's it next not week. not fucked up. Is. Foresh- foreshadowing next week. You see how I'm a professional? Next week, you'll get your Christmas episodes because we, like, talk back about, like, dark feelings and, and being in the mud and, like, Silver Cross and how, like, the lunches weren't actually that bad. Let's talk about that. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that day that we had fish that one day and, like, nobody oh, fucking yeah. got it. And they were, yeah. <laughs> Except for, uh, what was that guy saying, Marquise? Uh, <laughs> the big Russian, the Russian spy. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you guys oh. learn that? Did you guys learn that hack where you just ask for, like, a panini and the panini is not that bad? Yeah. All the paninis were delicious. I was, like, the best. I was, yeah. Dude, I got, I ate, like, two cheeseburgers. I averaged probably two cheeseburgers a day, like, yeah. breakfast, lunch, dinner, like, between the three meals, I was averaging like two a day because at the time, yeah, it yeah was props like, to I'm them. Like, they had really good food. That was like yeah, the- when they told me I had to stay there for a week. That was like the first thing the chick said. She's like, our fucking food is so great. I'm like, oh, cool. When can I see my family? Not till Saturday <laughs> and it's Tuesday. Oh, cool. But at least the food's yeah. good. So, uh, hey, Connor, I don't think you know this because you guys all left. And Dominic, I we, we didn't even share any screen time. Like, but like, mm-hmm. he, I spent my thirtieth birthday at this fucking hospital. This is true. Oh, yeah, damn, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. rough, bro. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. They they gave me like a little bit. Of, so you, you remember how we had like all like diet and it was all like fucking diabetic shit, like yeah, you know, yeah like, like diabetic free shit. Yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. for my birthday actually they actually gave me real chocolate cake. So wow, that's amazing. That's that. awesome. I know. Did they really? You yeah. you never yeah. told me that. That's pretty dope. Oh, I never did. Well, no. I mean, Dude, you should have like you, you should have asked them for real coffee. No, I know, right? I actually uh, would have preferred real coffee versus real cake, but yeah. still, I got real cake. I know, right? It's crazy. It's been a year. Yeah. Or, is it? 
Yeah. Two years. It's, Wait, it's, it's crazy. One year. One year, Dominic. I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm on the back. Well, and, and here's, bit, here's, I, my, I get, here's my question. Like, what what skill did Silvercross give you the most that has helped you out here in the real world? Um, being <laughs> able to admit that I'm having a bad day and that I need help and being able to be self-aware that I'm having a bad day. You know, I feel like yeah. self-awareness, you know. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, um, you don't realize you're having a bad day. And so I feel like the best thing it taught me is, um, like, to, like, recognize my feelings. So, which is really important because then I can work on fixing it. So, I don't know, or, like, kind of chill myself out. You yeah. know, no, I need to take extra anxiety meds. Fuck, it's cold in here. I feel bad because I'm in Arizona and I'm saying that. Illinois, bro. Okay. Fuck off. He's got a heated blanket on. You're like, man, it is a heated blanket. it's only 71 degrees. Man, it's uh, <laughs> no, but, but too- yeah, that's the biggest thing is like self-awareness. Yeah, feeling, so, yeah. I think, yeah, that's 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 a good uh, that's yeah. a good point. Self-awareness. I think uh, for me, um, I mean, I've always kind of been open to my depression bullshit for the last two years, but um, just being okay to talk about it and not just being like being so serious about it all the fucking time. Like anytime I before, like when I would talk about it, it would be so goddamn serious. Like, like sit down, we're about to fucking crunch numbers and talk about nuclear war because I'm talking about my depression. But now, like, I'm able to just, like, yeah, I get sad sometimes. And, yeah, blah, blah, blah. like, it's just. Uh, yeah, so it's not, like, intervention type thing. It's more exactly. casual. Yes, it's, it's more of a casual, casual thing. Yeah. Mental. Am I conscious? Yes, 100%. Um, does it give me anxiety sometimes? 100%. But I'm not afraid of it. I'm not going to let it control my life anymore. I'm not going to let it tear me down anymore. I'm not going to let it ruin other people's lives who are in my life anymore. Um, and also it's leave since silver Oaks, I've kind of opened up to the idea of getting rid of the toxic people. There was a lot of toxic people in my life that I didn't even think second thoughts of because they were family, like close, close family, not realizing what they were doing to me in the long terms. But I was just like, yeah, but that's, family so that it, it like no fuck that like if somebody isn't benefiting your life in a positive way and they're only bringing you down i don't give a shit what kind of dna you share with them fuck them get them out of there and that's just something i've kind of realized over the last year or so and i was thinking about it today because i knew this podcast was coming up this guy with you guys tonight and it was fucking crazy like yeah we were we were treated like well-behaved prisoners you know but i don't regret going I, I want to take it back for a second but it was it was a crazy time and uh learned a lot and did a Great. lot and uh i don't know i'm glad except for that one session where we just literally i don't know if any of you guys were in there i think you were in there connor we literally went in we sat down for like 40 minutes the chick didn't even say the text she didn't even say anything to us she gave she just gave us all like a fucking picture and we just colored 
Oh, I remember that. Was that the, color we colored the picture for like 40 minutes. She didn't say a goddamn thing. No was questions the, and asked uh, nothing. And then she just like, all right, you guys are good and leave and bounce. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah. did that just do? That cured me after that, bro. Yeah, I was completely <laughs> fixed. Hey, I don't feel sad anymore because I colored yeah. a picture of a lion. You guys all had that that the, like session from the therapy sessions from you know from Silver Oaks where you picked a song. Oh yeah, right, where you got to pick a song. What that was, was your favorite. song? Oh, that, that's a great question. What, that is what's the excellent... song that you picked. Sorry, I hit my mic. That's an excellent question. And Leo, guess who I picked? Who did you? NF. NF. 100%. So, no, I actually, uh, it's funny because when that came, I remember I was like fifth fifth or sixth in line. Like, we're going in the circle or whatever. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, who? what should I pick? What should I pick? And uh, I mentioned this before. <clears throat> excuse me. And I know, Leo, you hate fucking when I talk about NF. But, like, literally, like, a week or two before I went into the hospital, it was the first time I ever, like, was exposed to NF. I had no idea who he was. And I didn't know what to pick when it came to me. So I just remember, I'm like, hey, I remember this one fucking song. Like, I heard this guy on Pandora. I looked up a couple of songs. And this one song, he had, like, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't really, like, listen to it yet too much, like, in, in deep. But I remember there's a couple lines in it that, like, connected to me. So I'm like, oh, I, I, I think it's called Changes. And the guy's name's NF. So she played, song. she played, yeah. So she played "Changes" by NF or "Change" or whatever it is. And literally, as I'm listening to it in the room, I'm like, "Oh fuck! Oh shit! Oh god!" I was like, "Oh fuck!" I'm like, "That was actually the perfect song to pick because there was only there was literally like, I think there was like two two verses in the whole song that I could relate that I remembered relating to, and that's why I picked it. But then after I listened to it in that room that night or on that day, like. I realized I fucking related to the entire song. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then, like, it was my turn was up. And then she went to the next person. She's like, all right, what song do you want? And he's like, how the fuck am I going to beat that? Like, that was, like, everybody was just like, oh, shit, that was a good song. Even, like, Nick, Big Nick, he, like, he hates rap music. You know, he likes uh, Tool. Like, that's his type of shit. And he's just like, I fucking enjoyed a rap song for the first time in my life. Like, I was like, yeah, I didn't even, like, really look into that song. And then... I remember getting out of the hospital and I just like listened to it over and over and over again until I like memorized the entire song. And I never went to that one. I think that was like one of my first two days. And I think I was like taking a nap. I never got to pick a song. So, well, yeah. Dominic, what song would you have picked if you got to choose one song to represent your, your struggles? What song would you have picked? Bitches ain't shit. I'm just kidding. No, um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know maybe like um landslide by like fleetwood matt or i don't know i, I need some time to think about it but okay connor you weren't in that because I, you were doing your uh the one fucking thing with the doctor lady oh, regardless he, what well, connor if you missed that yeah you connor, weren't in there because you were doing your evaluation you or whatever the fuck yeah, well, if, if I was going to pick one song, it would be, I, I have to say the song, the song is called Good News. I don't know what the song, I don't know who sings that song. It's, um, I need some good news, baby, because all the world's gone crazy. I need some good news, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. Mm. You know, we're, we're always set upon by 
you know, what's going on in our own heads and what's going on sometimes what's going on outside and we don't have control over what's, what's going on. And it's like, you know, give me something good. Give me something to believe in. Give me something that I can relate to. Give me something that is good that I can hold on to instead of having these negative thoughts all the time and being at my lowest point. I need some good news. I need something to hold on to and something to believe in and something to, to ground me to, that I am a good person and that this too shall pass. Isn't there like a song that. called this too shall pass? I think it's by it'll just pop <laughs> in. It'll pop in during the Christmas podcast, the movie podcast. Oh, hey yeah. guys, by the way. Oh, Hey, Dominic's here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my pick actually God. made, I feel bad. Cause I made, I made a couple, I mean like this older dude, I forget his name, but like older dude cry. I, I picked shine down simple man. It was a cover. Obviously, of Leonard Skinner's Simple Man. Love I think Shine Down's. Love that. Yeah, guy. I, picked, I, picked I also Shinedown's... love the, the Shine Down cover of Simple Man. It's be- yeah, way better than because... Skinner. Fight me, anybody Cause... born before 1960. Right. Because my, my, whole, my, my whole thing is like, the song's about like finding true love. Yep. And, and like, you know what I mean? And just being happy with it. And I just, and being a simple person. And I just feel like, I don't know about you guys, because I, I can't, I, I really don't speak for you guys, but like, According to the basic principle, like, like I, I hit it. You know what I mean? I have close friends. I, I found a close group of, of brothers that I can count on, as in you guys, where, like, you know, it's the same thing with, like, I feel like this is the whole reason why I did this podcast. I, as soon as, like, Rory was like, hey, man, like, I need you to do this podcast. Like, I'm done. I'm there, right? Like, I, I canceled yeah. the shit that I had to do, and I'm there. And, you know, a band of brothers type of thing where, like, if, you, if like, Connor, if, Connor, remember? I came out of that like hospital, not knowing where the fuck I was going to work. Right. Like, yes, I landed a pretty good job, you know, conservative to the fucking core. But like, you know, it's one of those things where like when I didn't have a job and you automatically offered, like I have a warehouse job and I can get you there if you need it. Like, and you even mentioned that during that's that, that when we got together at Starbucks run, which I remember you Dominic from like, you were there at this, yeah. uh, at the Starbucks thing. Like yeah. we're a band of brothers because we're all joined by this like mental illness yep. and stuff like that. And like at the end of the day, but any of you fuckers needed help, I would stop what I was doing and I would go like, you know, and it's just one of the things we're, we're like a brand of brothers and we're doing things and regardless of whether we're doing this, this is our bond. We're, we're, yeah. we're joined. Mm-hmm. And as good as we are, but my whole thing is the, the simple the, the simple thing that we look for is is to be happy and to not and, and just to live life to the fullest, which is something that most people would just be able to do. But in our case, with our different mental illnesses, we can't necessarily guarantee that. And that's what we picked simple man and I made some people cry and stuff like that. But like that to, to, to this day, that song represents me to the core. You know, be a simple man, be a good dad, be a good spouse. And more importantly, which is one of the things that I talked about in my in my other podcast that or two podcasts, because Rory spoils me and I had two podcasts is be a good friend. (laughs) Yeah, be a good friend. That's something that we tend to forget. Be a good friend. And, And that's one of the things where like as soon as like Rory is like, hey, man, like, you know, like. You, you want to be on this podcast? It doesn't matter how many podcasts he wants me to be in. I will be there. Connor, like, obviously, I will be there. I will be a good friend. Dominic, shit, you're in Arizona. I was in New Mexico, which is kind of close. But regardless, mm-hmm. be a good friend. I'm sorry. 
it's one of those things between not just us four, but anyone else who was in that mental hospital. Regardless, if they reached out to us, we would help out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have, because... we have behind the scenes. Like we don't talk about it. Like we're not right. publicize it, but yeah. Like I talked to you guys before we started recording about uh, what Lawrence said to me a few weeks ago that kind of just fucking helped me get back on track with my right, mental because, state. Right. Because, we share a bond, man. Yeah. We, sh- and, we share I was, a dude, bond. And I was thinking, um, it's crazy that you're saying this because I was literally thinking this yesterday maybe at work. And it's like, I don't, I'm not going to compare like you see like <clears throat> like guys who like fight in wars together. Like it's like it's a brotherhood that nobody can understand. I'm not, I'm not comparing what we did to anybody going overseas and putting their lives on the line for their country i'm not but it's like it's something like that where like you just you just don't understand unless you were in the shit and we were in the shit together you know i, what like I mean we were, a lot i like we, that yeah yeah we were in the fucking we were in that hospital nobody knows what it was like except for us nobody knows what it was like to fucking get four hours of sleep at night with the fucking and the hallway lights on and them checking in on us every hour and connor yeah. snoring up to fucking wake up the entire goddamn fucking hospital I like was not the I, only one. Like it was just we were in the shit and we and share that bond, like Leo right. said, and like on a drop of a dime, like and we're all from like and the other thing too that's super important, we're all from different economical classes, yeah, right? And we're all from different social circles, right? Like I'm the least fancy bipolar people, but like that's the, the other thing too. Like it doesn't matter. Like we, we were all in it together, like because that's the other thing too. Because because more importantly, the, the thing that people need to understand from bipolar, because like I feel like there's too many bipolar movies that point people like, you know, they're all Joaquin Phoenix from the Joker. But like there's people that have different social circles and different economical classes and, and different all sorts of like different backgrounds and stuff like that. Like it doesn't matter if you're if you're rich or you're poor or you're a fucking sociable creature or you're a fucking an isolated person that likes to like it doesn't matter. We all suffer from mental illness. And we're all from the same group. And the thing, the more important thing was like, trust me, like I like, and I, like I said, from the last like two, two, three podcasts, cause I feel like I've been on every podcast for like the last three weeks is yeah. the fact that like, yeah, is the fact that like, I shared a different experience from a lot of you guys, but the most important thing is like, it doesn't matter that like, you know what I mean? Like I had a, like 80 people around me and it doesn't matter that like I had a tight social group that like a lot of people thought that it was a solution. It's the fact that like, I felt just as empty and just as hollow as you guys. And the other thing too, is like if Connor or Dominic or Nicolay or Nikolai or all the other fucking people that were in the hospital, if they feel hollow and they need someone to reach out to, I will be there because we went through that same fucking God forsaken goddamn hospital yeah. Right. And I'm not saying the hospital was bad. I'm just saying the fact that we had experience. to go there. Right. The fact that we had to go there. Yeah. Like that's just something you have to experience to relate to. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and it's just one of those things where like we have a lot more in common. And then the other thing too is, is pe- the, the fucking hospital, the mental hospitals, the mental hospitals as a whole, they're like a constantly rotating door. Right. Like for instance, Dominic, I didn't fucking meet you. I really didn't. Like I met, Fucking Rory, obviously, and Connor, but like Data, like I, I'm a mm-hmm. big Star, like I'm a big Star Trek Next Gen fan. Like oh, I played, uh, fan. You, yeah. You ever play the VHS game? Like I legit uh, went. No. Yeah, I legit went over two weeks ago to my be- best friend Jedi. His name is Jedeki, but we call him Jedi, and we played the VHS game. And the thing is, like, we have 
more in common as is humans. We have a lot more in common than we fucking think. And my mm-hmm. thing is like, if like tomorrow, like you were not feeling good and Rory can't fucking help you. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would try to jump in because we fucking share that same experience of that God forsaken hospital because we have that mental illness. It's just one of those things where like, it doesn't matter where I'm at and how good I'm doing or how bad I'm doing. Like I am willing to help a fellow person that is in the same boat as I am. And you might be anxiety or depression, whatever, but you're still suffering from mental illness. And that's the one thing that people don't really seem to understand. When you come out of a mental hospital, you form bonds that are pretty deep, that are pretty deep. Yeah. Whether or not you communicate to each other, whether or not you text each other every day, right. it's a pretty deep bond. I appreciate that. And you and also Connor, I lost your number somehow when I moved out here. You both need to send me um or like send me a text so I have your numbers. But I agree with that because like my best friend for life is like upstairs right now with his uh, wife and literally he's going to be my best friend for life. But there's just certain things he can't relate to with it, even though he has anxiety issues, you know. So but yeah, I want to go back to something you said, how you said uh, how you said you just want to be happy before I left uh, Chicago. I was like, you know, seeing a counselor. She's like, what do you want to do with your life? And I just said, I want to be happy. You know, like, I don't care if I'm in like a studio apartment or something, or if I'm in the biggest mansion ever. I don't think that shit. That's one thing that I don't know, I kind of learned from there was that I just want to be happy, you know, I don't know. Unfortunately, like coming out of the hospital, I've kept in contact with like Rory and I kept and through Rory, I found out a lot of you guys. And stuff like that. Like, I, I really feel like a, a complete and utter douche because, like, I, I have the salary job. And, like, my, my whole thing is, like, it, it, it has not brought any more happiness in my life. I feel like towards the end of, like, the, my stay at, like, Silver Cross, like, I kind of lost it because I was, I was going insane from, like, the number of, like, people's responses of, like, oh, well, you know, if I had more friends, if I had more friends... I would fix it. If I had more fucking bullshit of this crap, I would, it would fix it. Like, dude, I have everything. Like it doesn't fix it. Like if you're not happy with yourself, like <laughs> there's nothing in the world that can fix it. And it's just, I, I feel bad. Cause like, it's one of those things where like for years and it's one of the things I think I touched on Rory's pot, but like, it was one of those things where like, it was one of those things where like, I, I, I like I, I thought about, and it was just one of those things where like, yeah, I definitely did not, um, it did it, not it, bring happiness no, to you when you did that? No, it definitely didn't. Okay. It definitely did not bring any sort of happiness. I don't I, I don't know. I 100% agree as well. Connor, you've been kind of quiet. Connor, you okay? you've been definitely quiet. I think it's just like the baby <laughs> hangover. Or, or the baby, I'm just, hangover, I'm just baby. absorbing, man. I am literally, I'm just over here absorbing everything you guys are saying and just. That's good. Listening well, is better than talking sometimes. Yeah. And I mean. I, I subscribe to a lot of what you guys are saying. The other thing is, I'm I'm tired as hell. But um, yeah, that's baby. That's the baby. Hey, how? Yeah, with the uh, baby. Yeah, but I think uh, I think what you guys are saying is true. But I I feel like you know there there's always a light at the end of the there's always gonna be something that you should at least shoot for and say to yourselves, you know, this isn't me, this isn't me, and it won't be me forever. Like there has to be an ending point. Yeah, it could be true that the end that, you know, your your disease can be the rest of your life. But the fact of the matter is, 
you either accept that or you don't. And in my case, like I have, I have terrible thoughts in my head, but I, I refuse to believe that they're going to be around. forever. I refuse to believe that, you know, my fight will be the rest of my life because that's just how I'm built. And yeah, I can struggle and there'll be times where I struggle more than others, but there'll be also be times where I don't struggle at all and everything will come to me naturally. And that's just how my life is going to be. And the more I fight it and the more I just try and be the best self that I can be, those are the days that matter the most. Am I the only one here who doesn't have kids? Uh, yes. So now. Yes. Mm, that's an interesting thing because I feel like I kind of want to like, have a kid because I feel like, I know it's it, it doesn't make sense, but I feel like if I had a kid, like it would mean purpose in my life. Sorry, my headphone uh, fell out. It would like give me purpose to where I wouldn't have like bad thoughts and stuff because I like I I used to take sleeping pills just to help me sleep, but I don't buy sleeping pills anymore because I'm afraid if I have a downtime, you know, I would do something like that, you know, which obviously is stupid as fuck. Yeah, I get that. Um, But as far as what you're saying about the kid, I see where you're coming from with that because, yeah, it does give you a sense of purpose. Uh, It helps. It definitely keeps you going, especially if the kid uh, looks up to you, if the kid likes you. Sometimes I know I'm I'm not saying this is like for me all the time, but it is every once in a while. Sometimes it makes it worse because when you get down, Uh you look at your kid and you're like, what am I giving them like what life am i giving them i'm just a fucking worthless piece of shit so like the whole when you go back to the burden thing like it's one thing to feel burden on your friends and your family but if it's your fucking kid the one that the person that's looking up to you the most the one that you're supposed to mold and like prepare for this shitty fucking world and you feel like a burden to them it almost feels worse but it and it's not all the time. Like, it's just those, those are the downtimes, you know? So, but like my kids, like, I don't know, man, like the, my, my two boys, like, I don't know where I would be without them. I don't know if I'd be here, you know? Um, I see it, you, man. It is uh, definitely a sense of purpose. Like you said, back to the kids though. One thing um, I go back and forth because I'm afraid of my kid being me like because mm-hmm. i'm just like i don't know i got ugly curly afro hair uh my beard is uneven i mean i don't know and then just also inheriting mental issues and stuff you know like i don't th- want I, I thought that's child. where you were going with it from the get-go but you immediately went to the physical aspect of it like oh, well, i don't yeah, want no, no. i, I yeah, don't want so my kid to look like seth rogan uh you cop you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> No, but no. yeah, that's that's uh, I go back and forth literally like to purpose and also like do I want to bring a kid into this world on the off chance that he's gonna look like me and have my issues, you know? So, oh, but no, I get it. I, I look at my kids and especially my older one because he's getting older and he's starting uh <clears throat> mature yeah. more with his personality and stuff. And I see some of the stuff that he does. One yeah. of it, one of the things, the biggest glaring thing that I see is his manipulation. That he that he pulls, that one hundred percent from daddy, and yeah. back in I'm like, oh, God no, like, 
like he did, like it kills me because I know part of my mental disorder disorder is um, never diagnosed, but I've been told that I have like borderline personality disorder, and like one of the biggest things is manipulation. Mm. And my kid has it. I see it fucking all the time. Yeah. And it just kills me. And I'm like, did I fucking pass this on to this kid unintentionally? And like, it's hard. It's really fucking hard. But he's like, he's such a sweet kid, too. Like, he's a fucking sweetheart. Like, be like, he's a great big brother. Like, he's protective of his mom. He's protective of his brother. Manipulation. That's a fucking hell of a fucking trait to inherit. I'm manipulative as fuck. Like, legit. Like, I've... Legit, I, I I'm manipulative when I've gone in my alcohol, drugs, and whatnot, and it's just one of those things where like you definitely don't want your kids to be that way, and it's just a scary feeling because they, they always talk about how the kids are just a reflection of their parents, and it's just mm-hmm. it's yeah. fucking scary. It, it really is. It, yeah. it's fucking scary because it's terrifying. I, I've, been, it, it, I've been manipulative every step of the way, man. I've been yeah. manipulative like up until like a week ago. I've been manipulative. So the fact that like I really hope my kids a better fucking person than I am. Yes. Right. God, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I just hope those fucking kids take after their mom. Because if they take after me, then I, that's so, just add more to my fucking mental. So, shit. so what? So what do you do? Like, because my whole thing is like I've always been a drug addict. Like I've always fucking used drugs to fucking have the thing. Do you show them the fucking bad effects of fucking drugs? Like, what do you do? Because like my dad, I, dad. Always... my dad, my dad was as transparent as hell with me from my adolescence about everything that he did because I watched him. I watched, but how do you, how I, do you because like- I watched it destroy him like mentally, physically, financially. My dad was a gambling addict. Like uh, he, we drove past the, uh, we were at Menards and Joliet on 52. I remember this. I'll fucking remember this till the day I die. I was like 14, 15 years old. I'm in the car with my dad, middle of the summer. We're, we're at the Menards on 52 and Joliet there. And right behind the Menards is an off-track betting, the OTB. And we're pulling out. My dad, like, he's like, hey, Rory, look. And his fucking arm, he had the thickest goosebumps on his arm. And it's summertime. So we have the AC. I'm like, oh, are you cold? And I turned on the AC and he goes, no. He goes, it's, it's, it's the OTB. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't understand. And he fucking, that's when he told me about his gambling addiction. And like, it was so bad to where he can't even drive past an off track betting without getting heebie jeebies, like motherfucker and like thick ass goosebumps. And, and he told me about his drug, like his, his drug habits. Like he had like four DUIs before DUIs were a, a fucking important thing. Apparently, like he told me all this shit and I just, I hear all these things that my dad did and I see how my dad is now. And I tell myself, I don't want to fucking be like that. One thing is that I know if I do become a father, I am going to make mistakes. You know, the only thing I want to do is not make the same mistakes my father made. Does that make sense? And then also sometimes kids maybe the fact that you saw that is a good thing the goosebumps thing mm-hmm. because like you know i mean i'm sure you all have heard it you know your aunt is like you know how are you doing in school you know you're going to college you know definitely go to college but you know you're just a dumbass kid and just blow it off so sometimes you actually have to see like the consequences of it does that make sense to understand yes. 100%. Yeah, because honestly, like I blew off like so much advice that I should have followed. 
No, I get exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, as a parent myself, like, I just, I look at my parents. I want to be nothing like either of them. And I just want to be my own person. And honestly, I, I look up to my wife's parents a lot. Um, one, because they're still together. Like, uh-huh. I, I've told the story before when I met my father-in-law for the first time when I was just dating Melissa, I legitimately thought he was her stepdad because I'm really? just, I'm just so used to divorce. Like my parents have both been divorced twice. My friend's parents are all divorced. Like I've been, I've just been around divorce my entire life. So when I met my father-in-law for the first time, I thought he was my girlfriend's stepdad. Later to find out that was her actual dad and her parents have been married for almost 30 years. Like, for one, that's something to look up to. Her parents have been together for 30 plus, almost 30 years. Her grandparents have been together for almost 60 years. Like, that's that's stuff that you want to look up to. And then also, like, parenting. Like, they had five kids together. And uh, my father-in-law is a union carpenter. And he fucking busts his ass every day to raise five kids. And he fucking took care of me for a while there, too. And took care of my kids as well. And... Like, those are people that I want to look up to, and those are people that I want to base my uh, parenting off of, and I'm I'm not going to apologize to my parents because they didn't do a good enough job for me to say I want to base my parenting off of them. So I'm going to, I'm, I don't, like I said earlier, like, just because their family doesn't mean shit. So I'm like, just because their blood doesn't mean shit. So these two people that I met six years ago have brought me in and have showed me a whole different fucking view on life and what life can be and what I can do as a father, as a husband, as a, as a human being, like something that I never was uh, exposed to at all ever in my life. And um, so I just, I look at them for guidance unintentionally. Like, I don't ask them like, Oh, Hey, what would you do in this? Like, I don't. Um, if they listen to this, this will probably be the first time they ever actually hear this come out of my mouth. And I'll probably get a phone call from my mother-in-law crying like, oh, my God, I love you. Because she's that she's the lovey-dovey type of person, like, uh, as Leo would call it, a romantic. Um, okay. <laughs> So that was Dominic, Leo, and Connor coming on uh, for a little mini Silver Oaks reunion. Uh, hopefully, if we do this again, we can get some more guys on. Um, scheduling was a little bit uh, difficult, but there's a, a few more guys that I want everybody to meet and uh, just touch base with and um, see how everybody's doing. Because uh, this was a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys coming on. I know it was late, and Dominic actually fell asleep, woke back up, and came on. Leo left his job a little early just to come on and uh connor and i were on the phone for probably a good two hours before we even you know started recording so i appreciate you guys a lot it really means a lot people that you share bonds with that other people just don't understand and also bonds that can't be broken really fun just uh catching up reminiscing and talking about some serious stuff some lighthearted stuff but altogether some important stuff that uh it's just good to talk about and good to talk with good people and so thanks again Try to get uh, more guys on on another time. But uh, as far as the Silver Oaks reunion, that was it. And thank you again. And tune in next week. We'll be recording our Christmas movie holiday bracket to determine what is the greatest 
Christmas movie of all time. I have a bracket made up of 64 movies split up in four different sections. I got a few people coming on who know movies and also people coming on who absolutely love and adore Christmas. So it should be a lot of good fun. Uh, take a step away from the uh, deep stuff that we touch on in this podcast and just kind of get the holiday season started and just get people in the mood to want to watch the movies. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. And if anybody, again, wants to come on, feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Rest of your thanks again, everybody. And everybody have a good week and have a good Thanksgiving coming up. And I hope to hear from some of you soon.